Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Friday, September 29th, 2023. Happy birthday, Megan. My wife's birthday. As we're recording this, the her birthday present is us doing this from my backyard, an outdoor program here tonight for Polk and Kush. Happy birthday, Meg. She's uh, at uh, the Thunder Down Under right now. That's <laughs> yes, exactly. She went to the Chippendale show. Uh, she's having a great time uh, without me. So that's that's the best birthday present she can get. Is I think so. As far away from me as possible. Well, I, I got a little nervous because there have been a couple of Polk and Cushes where you've been like, uh-oh, it's her birthday. <laughs> uh-oh, it's my anniversary. I forgot. Whoopsie daisy. So when I saw the birthday post, I was like, ah, we're not doing the show tonight. (laughs) Once you have three kids, you really, between like major holidays and your own kids' birthdays and then like school stuff, like you just completely lose track of things, anything else. And one of our uh, kids is born on our anniversary. So our anniversary has completely lost. Like like it doesn't even exist anymore. (laughs) I was like, we should just pick a different day and call that our anniversary. (laughs) That's somewhere in between all the other kids' birthdays. Because like we have no chance of getting. We're completely lost in this. But we are outside. We're at the uh, Cush Don Quixote Studios (laughs) in between two windmills. If you're an audiophile, this episode might bother you. <laughs> Is we're becoming one with nature here. I like looking podcast. at all your stuff out here. You've got a grill. How often do you grill? Uh, let's see. That what's today? September. September twenty eighth. Uh, <laughs> Probably 2021 is the last time I grilled, I would say. Very good. It's there, though. We bought that thing for like $100 eight years ago. Wow. Dragged it for, to a new house. Probably. I make hot dogs on it. That's yeah. pretty much all I ever do is That's hot dogs. Not too shabby. And it turns out you can just make hot dogs on the stove, like on a grill pan on the stove, and it is almost the exact same. Well, you don't get the experience. <laughs> One thing I'm noticing out here, no inflatable hot tub. <laughs> Really, the uh, the inability of our kids to drown in the, in, a, in a pot of boiling water like Hansel and Gretel is uh, you know very disappointing. Well, I hope that we are not keeping your neighbor Juan Lafonta up. <laughs> it's a beautiful night. We're really connecting with the the ground or you know the artificial turf. Uh, thanks to our good friends at the uh, Garden Gate Landscape oh, Company. Yeah. Uh, it looks beautiful out here. Uh, you know, next time we'll do a video podcast. You guys can all see it. Of course, that's if we don't get to go to the house where the beheaded Jesus is. Uh, that's where I'm hoping to do our next outdoor show. Yeah, that story di- died down the second we did a piece on it. People are like, <laughs> uh-oh, Polk and Gush are talking about it. Let's move on. <laughs> it's still great. I need to go drive by there for sure. Yeah, I've got the address. I took a picture of the screen when they showed the address. <laughs> I think if you just put in uh, headless corpse Halloween <laughs> decoration into Google Maps, it'll take you there. Headless Jesus corpse. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but so we've had that going on, and then uh, I just got back from arousing uh, four days in uh, the armpit of planet Earth, Orlando, Florida. You were at the happiest place on Earth, itchy and scratchy land. That's that's a way to put it. Uh, yeah, it was our second Disney trip in 2023, and that is at least one trip too many. That's too many. Yes. Um, was it expensive? Uh, yeah. Was it crowded? Uh, not as bad as usual, but yeah. Was it hot? Uh-huh. And are the, the COVID restrictions are lifted, right? No, there's like, none of that. You yeah. can run up to Goofy and kick him in the balls. That's right. <laughs> yes, there's hugging everywhere. Got a lot of that going oh, on. Oh, good. It is, uh, I mean, the, what they do to sucker you in is that around the chaos of being like, we got to get here, we got to get there. Oh, this one's hungry. This one's tired. This one's hot whatever it is uh, there's problems all day is problems that's life though right there's always mm-hmm. a problem but there's like 30 second glimpses where everyone is so goddamn happy and you remember those right. the second you get off the airplane you're like oh we should go back <laughs> remember how happy they were like remember how happy? and it's like well for for like of a 16 hours of being awake uh you know 15 hours and 30 minutes of them was pure nightmare oh yeah Somebody was mad at some point, but then you really just remember those little glimpses into how happy everyone was. You're like, I don't think we can re- recreate that here. We got, <laughs> I guess, we got to get back on the plane and spend a million dollars and go do this again. Because remember when they were eating breakfast with Goofy and how much how big they smiled? Worth it, you yep. know. And that is where uh, corporate magic really sinks its teeth into you because they know that that's really all of what they've built there. That is what they're going for, and that's how they get you back. Yeah, and there's no localized version of it. Like, no. you can't go, you can't take the kids to a restaurant in New Orleans and they dance with somebody in like a big Frida costume. <laughs> we should do that. I don't, I don't know. Like, what Disney should eventually do is regionalize the Disney's. You remember they had like Disney Paris? Yeah, and they all still stuff? have that. Apparently. They should have Disney New Orleans, and it's just like the Princess and the Frog. Yeah, maybe like Disney uh, Cleveland, <laughs> where it's um, I don't know heavyweights. I think that was maybe in Ohio. That sounds right. Mighty Ducks, where was that? Minnesota? Somewhere. Yeah, you, yeah, you could make little itty bit little uh, fiefdoms. Um, I did see, uh, speaking of Disneyland Paris, I saw. So Disney is also home of the fattest people in the world mm-hmm. uh, who are all on vacation. And uh, I, you look around and go like, I don't know how any of these people. You immediately stereotype and you go like, I can't imagine how much we're paying for this. How are these people all paying for this? Yeah. Because they look horrible and they're wearing shirts of like, I'm reloading my gun. Like, <laughs> what, you know, like just, you know, it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, this is what you're wearing in public. How you can't possibly be, you know, a responsible human being. You're 450 pounds. And then one guy had literally a Disneyland Paris shirt on he was like 370 in a rascal scooter with a i was like did this guy fly to france and go to disneyland buy this shirt and bring it back i was like that really i was like that's what we're doing here (laughs) that guy played the bassinet in uh, beauty and the beast that's how he was able to do that 
<laughs> like I just the the humanity of it. Every time that we go, I now just am looking more and more at the people that are going. Yeah. Rather than the experience of because I know what we're doing now. So I'm not worried about where to get and how to go. But like now I'm just looking around at the other humans that are there and going like, yep, recession's coming. Like, oh, yeah, it's coming. I don't know what these people are paying on the credit card rates for having to pay this <laughs> off. But they're in line and paying, you know, $38 for a, 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 the souvenir cup. The amount of people I saw buy $27 popcorn boxes, they have a $10 one, yeah. which is the same size. But it's not doesn't have the it doesn't look like a picnic basket. The picnic basket one is twenty six dollars, and everyone was buying it except me. Is it uh, reusable? They're all reusable. Okay, so there's no difference. It just looks a little like I. I, I so everybody at Disney looks like the people at the end of Wally, <laughs> and they're buying reusable popcorn picnic baskets yes. that they're just going to hold on the plane on their flight back. I guess you can fill it with other shit that you bought. You can buy the picnic basket and put more things they're inside of it. They're not washing those out. They're, no. they're putting T-shirts and stuff in on that hot, greasy popcorn butter. Yep. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Someone's breaking into the Polk and Kush <laughs> studio right now. It's the Tin Man. Oh, man. I hope it doesn't storm while we're out here. That would be a real bummer. I uh, think we'll be okay. Yeah, this is it's all good. Uh, well, how have you been? It sounds like everything's been peachy keen in your world. I didn't go to Disney. Yeah, well, that's a win. I went to the opposite of Disney. Hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was uh, I was driving to work yesterday. I was going to be on time for once. I stopped at a gas station uh, and my car wouldn't restart. And I'm like blocking the pump at 830, <laughs> which is rush hour at a gas station. Uh-huh. My car is completely fucking dead. Yeah. Like nothing clicks on. There have been no indicators of my car being fucked up or anything. And I'm just sitting there like, well, is it in park? And after 30 <laughs> minutes of making sure it was in park, I finally popped open the hood. And, you know, it's the it's the Jerry Seinfeld thing. I'm like, well, I don't I guess I'm looking for an off switch. <laughs> so I stand there for like three minutes with the hood open like an asshole. And that's just, you know, that's like a moth seeing a lamp oh, yeah. for like guys in dualies. So, like, all these guys surround my car, and they're like, hey, what's going on, pretty lady? (laughs) And I got some guy to try and jump my car. Thank you if you were at the gas station on Wednesday and unsuccessfully jumped my car. (laughs) I appreciated the effort. Battery was totally dead, so I called, like, Al Jazeera Towing Company. I called like four towing companies and none of them answered. This is That's why, good. Yeah, at 8:30 in the morning when people are driving. This then. is why cars are just parked everywhere and yeah. triple parked and you and it's just wreckage everywhere because none of the tow trucks answer. And I called one guy and he just answered, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> this is Bill. I was like I was like, "Is this the tow guy?" He's like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> I guess I'd roll out of bed and go tow your car. And like an hour later, he showed up and I was like, I'm going to do one thing right today. I'm going to go to the ATM and I'm going to get cash out because I know these guys are criminals and I know they're going to want cash. Yep. So I go to the ATM in the gas station. It's like it's a thirty nine dollar service fee. (laughs) Will you accept? Yes, I have to. That's all I can do. And the machine 
turned off. Incredible. Like in the middle, I was getting a hundred bucks out, and it shot out twenty, and then just turned off. That's that's amazing. I was like, well, that's a feature, not a bug, for the guy who owns that idea. Oh machine. yeah, I mean that is a good. The very complicated code, like Superman four. <laughs> so now I'm at the dilemma of. You, this guy is not going to show up and be John Mulaney. He's going to show up and be John Cena. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just let him drive me home and then tell him that I don't, <laughs> don't have, have enough cash. <laughs> so I got home. I can do things for you. Don't you worry. He brought me. I was like, I'll make you a logo. Do you ever <laughs> listen to the show? He's like, I do listen to the show. Now it's $200. So I get back to my house. I'm like, hold on. I have to go inside to uh, blow my nose. <laughs> and then I open up the hurricane bag and find some cash in there. Thank God. Oh, my God. It was 125 bucks. I was like, I have 120. He's like, well, it's 125. So then I go back inside, pour out like the, the bag no. of nickels. No. I swear to God. He took the change? Yeah. What was he going to do if he didn't have the five bucks? Killed me? Yeah. <laughs> throw you into jail like i don't know what like well that's the problem with getting towed back to your own home is yeah. he'll just come back and kill me yes exactly well so, he'll never leave yeah he'll just stand there and kill you right in front of your girlfriend <laughs> well i gave him i gave him five dollars in chuck e cheese tokens and he left <laughs> and then i diagnosed the problem fixed it and uh really just had a swell day after that these are buffalo nickels they're actually worth seven and a half cents yeah. on the open market but don't worry, I was still able to work at home <laughs> the second I got done dealing with my exploded car. I'm sure that was a smooth day that you had there. It was that. nice. It was Okay, I will say it was nice because, one, I missed Beyonce in the French Quarter. Yeah. I didn't have to deal with that. And if I had not stopped at the gas station, my car would have died in the parking garage on Bourbon Street. Yeah, it would have been worse. Where there's like two foot tall ceilings. A tow truck could not have gotten in. Yeah, your car just would have stayed there. It would have been there forever. There was a car in the uh, airport parking garage, uh, in the New Orleans airport parking garage, of course, um, that had uh, two boots on it. It had a boot on both front tires and stickers all over the side, <laughs> and it was so dusty that someone literally wrote, like, like the, the get rid of this car or something on it. I was like, I don't know if they just, like, can't tow it or whatever. Like, somebody put, like, a date of, like, like 9-13. It's been here. Like, I don't know what. The guy, obviously, like, Dumb and Dumber or uh, Tommy Boy, you know, just, like, parked the car. was like, keep it. <laughs> I don't care. I can't pay for it to get it out anyway, so it's your car now. Someone just on the lamb. Yeah. And they just left. Uh, and it's been in short-term parking, which is a hard spot to get now. You can't yeah. get in short-term parking. Because all these people are dying on vacation <laughs> and leaving their cars. <laughs> these people are leaving town and just leaving the car behind. Uh, so, yeah, man, God, God, that really would have been miserable if you had left it in the garage. I don't know what I could have done because Uber's... Uh, the last time there was a Beyonce concert around, I knew somebody that went to it. And when they left, they got an Uber, and it was $200 <laughs> to go, like, two miles. So I would have just gone to Chart Room and been like, hey, I'm going to be here for a while. I live here now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Or the floor of Harris Casino, yeah. Yeah, I could have gone into Galatoire's and been like, hey, I'm friends with Scott Kushner. <laughs> I'm waiting in line for the door to open <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> I'll just be here for a minute. Yeah. Beyonce concert. There was people on the plane 
uh, going to the Beyonce concert, and they treated it as if they were like about to give an organ. Like they were like, "All right, we got to get to the, we got to get off the plane because we were delayed like three hours. Like we got to get off the plane so we can get to the concert. Like everybody make way, you know. Like nobody makes way for anybody. You could no. be, you know, like a, a literal like gaping wound coming out of your forehead, and everybody be like, "All right, wait, I got to get my bag out of the overhead before you can go in front of me." And these two people were like, oh, "Beyonce," and everyone's like, "Make a path, everybody! They got to get to the Beyonce concert." <laughs> I was like, I, 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 it was, you know, it, it restored my faith in humanity for a minute. And then I realized if it was anything that was remotely serious about that person's life. Nobody would have given a shit. Yeah, they showed the Beyonce people in the news and they were all dressed up like robots or something. Yeah. When did that all happen with the giant know. glasses? And I, I Beyonce's a, a, a figure that I don't like. I understand that she's very popular, uh-huh. but for whatever reason, like. I don't think I've heard a song of her since Single Ladies. So it's like there's obviously a, a lot of hits and everybody knows every word to every song. I don't know any of them. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm not the target audience. And say <laughs> that maybe Beyonce's music is not for me. It's not for either of us. But there was a period there, yeah. right, where like every year we could both name whatever the giant Beyonce song was that year. Yeah. I haven't been able to do that in quite some time is my point. So she like it's like she it's like I guess that's a more of a thing about music in general. Mm -hmm. It's harder to reach the masses because same with Taylor Swift. I couldn't tell you the last 10 years or at least five years of Taylor Swift songs. And those white ladies know every single word to every single song. And there's tens of thousands of them. It's not like a, a small audience. That's true. So turns out music segmented. We've cracked that code. Maybe we should do a whole podcast on that. Well, if better than Ezra plays at the Superdome, <laughs> we'll be able to have our... When Cowboy Mouth plays my 40th birthday. <laughs> yeah. The original Beehive was better than Ezra. <laughs> Be- better than better than Ezra. That's what I call the revivalists. <laughs> they so- she sold out the Superdome. Yeah. And I, there, and I think she could have sold it out two or three nights in a row, like yeah. what Taylor Swift's doing. And they, I think it was like a four-hour concert, five-hour. I don't know if there are any openers. I think Chiwi's open. <laughs> Chiwi's and Rockin' Doopsy. <laughs> I saw the Rolling Stones however many years ago that was, four or five years ago, and the Dumpster Funk opened for them. I was like, I see Dumpster Funk at Tipitina's for $15. Yeah. That's really who you're going to have open for you? I was like, that's cool that you're using like a local band, but... They're playing the Superdome. I don't think this is really right. <laughs> People are driving all in for the wor- all over the world, and they're going to see a band that I can see at Tipitina's for twenty bucks. Again, a band I really, really like, but it just seemed a little odd. This is why everybody was mad when I opened for Louis C.K. Yeah, like I thought I was going to see <laughs> a real person. I've seen this doofus. How long would they give you to when you opened for Louis? Yeah, about twenty. So that was that's twenty minutes is a long time. Yeah. That's typical of an opener, though? Well, I was hosting some shows, okay. and I would just have to get the crowd warmed up. And usually that's probably like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. And then if you really get going, like 20. Uh, but yeah, it was usually about 15, 20 with yeah. Louie. I went to see Kevin Hart, and he had four openers, and I'm they sure all went did. like 35. It was wild. They were probably all supposed to do five minutes. <laughs> 
it was crazy. I was like, this is a long time to listen to the same guys talk. I mean, they're basically all the same guy, you know, guys all the same age. It was like, this is very, very repetitive before Kevin Hart even touches the stage. It's hard to watch stand up in a big venue, too, because yeah. it's just the people are small, the presentation is small, they're all like, my dick's weird. Like, okay. <laughs> Like, I just, uh, I, I don't see the appeal of live comedy in large venues. Like, Bill Burr at the Smoothie King Center. Yeah, like, Bill Burr's great, but yeah. it's just, it's one guy up there. It is. It is, exactly. Um, well, those of you who thought they were tuning in for a New Orleans Sports Podcast. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code Polk and Cush. P O L K A N D K U S H. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code Polk and Kush, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Nothing. I got no segue. We just got to talk about the Saints because it's sad. Yeah. And things that are not good. Live comedy in a giant venue is not good. The Saints second half was very very bad and i'm a little worried for what it means for the rest of the season this all this team is everything that i was worried about with the saints they pretty much are and even though they're two and one it's like their offense is abysmal they're gonna have to rely almost entirely on their defense which is unsustainable in this you know point in the nfl and uh and blowing a 17 point lead in the second half didn't feel abnormal uh, for it to happen that way. I got a text. Uh, currently, it is Thursday night. Thursday night football is 27 to 3. Lines are with the Packers. Somebody texted me, hey, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching the Packers get destroyed. It sucks that Polk and Kush is always right. <laughs> the Saints suck. They're bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and, did you watch the game at Disney? No, no I fought. I mean, I tracked it. You know, I was kind of. I, I, I basically knew what was going on every drive. You I was, were like, looking at my phone a lot. You were at Splash Mountain, going, "Where's, <laughs> where's Song of the South?" <laughs> and looking at. <laughs> I was just neglecting my family and staring at my phone, going, "Like they're gonna blow this. I know they're gonna blow it. They're gonna blow this." And getting like a text, you're like, 
three seconds before your phone would update with what the play was. Yeah. I get like four texts or like, fuck this team, fuck this team, I hate this team. And then I was like, oh, I guess something bad is about to happen. Um, and yeah, they're, they're exactly. Look, everyone's going to blame Derek, the Derek Carr injury and say that's why they lost the game. It's not. They scored 10 points on offense in the first half with Derek Carr. They, Rashid Shaheed ran a punt back for a touchdown. They scored 10 points. Then Jameis Winston came in and they scored zero. And I guess they missed a field goal that would have given them the lead. But is there any doubt in your mind that Green Bay would have come back down the field and at least made a field goal and won the game? It seems like that was the case. I mean, this is a game where the Saints were up 17 to nothing with, I, th- I believe, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it might have been 10, but it wasn't much more than that. Classic yeah. Saints meltdown. And, uh, yeah, the tide turned when Derek Carr went out, but it really just seemed meant to be for the Saints to lose that game. Yeah. If Carr had been in there, I don't think it would have been any different. What what I didn't like seeing and hearing after the game was people, like, talking shit about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, I feel like he has no responsibility in that loss. It is solely on Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen. Completely. They And again, I didn't like see every single play, but you can tell that they just are not built to be the guys. Like, you can't have an offense. And I've watched in a film afterwards, like, they're doing things that make no sense. Like, on down and distance situations, they're sending, they're throwing deep passes that and they don't have no options underneath. Like, it, it, they're doing ridiculous Shit, and a lot of it is because they have an offensive line they do not trust, which has gotten worse every single day. Same guys, and they keep getting worse. That seems right. problematic uh, on its own. But these are bad coaches. They've been bad coaches. They're, they're not equipped for the level at which they're at, and the Saints just have completely, repeatedly refused to acknowledge that they're not what they should be. And instead, they're hanging on to some vestige of what they were under Sean Payton when they were pretty good coaches, mostly because they were playing with Drew Brees, who helped everything a lot. But Sean Payton was running the offense. Dennis Allen was running the defense. Sean Payton was the motivator, and he was the guy kind of in charge of the team. Dennis Allen sucks at it. He doesn't know how to manage the game. He doesn't know how to manage the clock. And I think his defense is still pretty good, and they play hard and all those kinds of things, mostly because of Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, Tyron Matthew, you have real veteran leaders in those spots. But this guy sucks. He's a terrible head coach. The record has borne it out. Pete Carmichael is a clown as an offense coordinator. It's three years post-Breeze. This offense sucks ass. They have sucked ass in every conceivable situation with bad quarterbacks, with decent quarterbacks, with Derek Carr quarterback. They are bad an offense. They were bad against Tennessee. They were bad against Carolina. They were bad against Green Bay. This is not something new. He is not good at this, and yet you have let him stay and keep calling the plays. He didn't even want the job, and you begged him to do it. He doesn't want it because he knows he's not good at it. This is a joke that the Saints continue to run this out. They need to move on. And they're not going to because they're still going to win enough games because just like we've talked about, they play a bunch of crappy teams. The Packers suck. The Saints, all they had to do was make a field goal, basically, mm-hmm. and, the, and they would have won the game, uh, probably at least. It is, it, 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 it still wouldn't make them good. If they're 3-0 right now, I, I, I think we'd be saying almost the exact same things. 
There are, like, I don't consider myself a, a very smart football watcher. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't really get into the nuts and bolts of it. But there are times during that Packers game where I was like, am I am I missing something? Yeah, I was like, what are we doing here? Well, it, it, especially leading up to the groupie missed kick, which I think was around 46 yards, something like that. Yeah. The two downs before that, they've got Jameis throwing the ball to no one yeah. in a game where he hasn't even thrown a pass yet. Yeah. And they, why aren't you using Taysom Hill at that point? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe me, the Taysom Hill thing makes no sense. And that's not the first time that they've made stupid decisions with passing on like third down, second down, where they just need to get a few yards this yeah. season. It's just, it, it doesn't seem smart to me. It's not smart. It doesn't like, it, there's no, there's no justification because I don't think these guys are thinking in, in with a clear mind with what they're doing that feels like they're not, they're, they're in over their head as the decisions that are being made. And then you don't really have the players to execute it, particularly on the offensive line, all guys that you've paid. There's none of this is like developmental rookies who were like seventh round picks who like you didn't, you don't quite know what to make of them. Like these are either first round. Most of these guys are first round guys yeah, or they've been paid. So it's like they're either complete busts or you've totally whiffed in your evaluation uh, the fact the offensive line is so bad is such a direct indictment on Mickey Loomis and the way that he's built this thing. Meanwhile, you've let guys like Trey Hendrickson walk out, walk out the door because you couldn't pay him. And it's like, what do you, what do you, what have you been doing with the money? You've got all this dead cap, all this crap. It it is it is such a situation that has been needed to be flushed down the toilet for two years mm-hmm. and instead they keep teasing people with being like well they might be good enough to win the division well they might be pretty good the rest of the division's bad the schedule's bad whatever which is what we've done a hundred times mm-hmm. here but the bottom line is they're just not a very good team they might end up with a good record but they are not a good team and they've we've seen all the flaws out there they're not suddenly going to become a great offensive line that can compete with the top level, the San Francisco's and the Philadelphia's and, and the, the Cowboys, the top levels of the NFC in the postseason. So what are we doing here? You know, it, it all just feels, and maybe if the offense had gotten untracked a little bit in the first three games, I'd feel differently. But it, this feels like such a purgatory to be in, which was really our concern the second they announced the Derek Carr signing. Yeah. And after week two, I was kind of defending them saying like i feel like the offense is getting a little bit better week two run game was a little bit better yeah week three wiped all of that clean and it was the same old song and dance and it was not against a good team no like i think people see the jerseys and see lambeau field they're like well that's a tough game yeah it's not the lions are right now in lambeau field just beating the piss out of the packers yeah on the same field the saints got run off in the second half Carolina is probably the worst team in the NFL. You beat them I, relatively soundly. That was still a close game in the fourth quarter, though. And the Titans stink. They are they're, They got murdered by the Browns. These are bad teams that you've played so far. So it's it, to not be able to get any consistent offensive production is telling. Now, this week is a huge game in a lot of respect. Tampa comes to town. It is a division rival, number one. 
Number two, it is going to be probably without Derek Carr. He's saying he's not taking a snap this week. Initially, all the reports that came out were like Derek Carr is going to be out for a long period of time. I think they thought there was like some major soldier injury. Now they're saying that he might be back as soon as this week. That seems highly unlikely. Uh, But even without it, you're going to play Jameis Winston against a good defensive line with your horrible offensive line at home in a game that you basically have to win. These are the type of games that you have to win if you're going to be able to win the division. So it's an extremely telling, like kind of nut-up sort of game for the Saints. And I don't have a lot of faith in them going into it. No, I have faith in the Saints' defense, but they're getting tired. I mean, the the swing of momentum in the fourth quarter in the Packers game is what killed them, and it was because the defense was out there too long. Mm-hmm. These guys, guys like Cam Jordan and Demario Davis, are good, but they are old, and they are out there too much, and they are having to do too much. If you've got this defense with an offense that can be out there and put up a touchdown, yeah. <laughs> two touchdowns, <laughs> I know. Chris Olave is averaging a hundred yards a game. Where is it going? Yeah. What does it mean? It's, it's garbage yards. Yeah. Nothing is happening. And not to it. diminish him because he is a good player yeah. and he is doing it, but it's like it, it doesn't feel like it's it's enough to really get you anything on the scoreboard at the end of the day. And, and that's the problem, right? And, and look, how often do you lose a game where you shut a team out for three quarters and you get a special teams touchdown. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Like it's really hard to lose a game that way. It the NF the way the NFL is built, the possessions are pretty limited. If you steal a touchdown here or there on special teams, on defense, it is almost impossible to lose. And yet the Saints found a way and it didn't even though they blew this huge lead and whatever and it, it to me just tracking it, it did what I wasn't shocked. It didn't like ruin my day. I was like, yeah, this is they're not a very good team. And things are gonna happen. other teams are going to score. You cannot be the two thousand Ravens in this era. They the game is not built that way anymore. You have to be able to score twenty, at least twenty points a game. And the Saints don't score twenty points ever. No. So what are we doing? Well, we do have Alvin Kamara coming back this week. That is the best sign. Is he going to have any room to run at all? I don't remember him ever having played with Jameis Winston. Yeah, I know. I guess he did. It, you know, it's like when you realize that like Einstein and Picasso were alive at the same time. <laughs> it, like it doesn't make so which sense. Which one is Picasso? Yeah. <laughs> I guess Jameis. It seems like different timelines <laughs> in the Saints history. Will that be enough? No. The Saints are going to be home. Sure. They've lost a million home games the last few years. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to lose the game. I have no idea if they're... I, uh, I assume the Saints are favorites. Have you even looked at the line? I haven't even no. looked at it. I If I had to guess, I'd say the Saints are three-point favorites. And that's, you know, basically home field. Three and a half. Three and a half. Oh, there you go. Uh... I think they could win the game. Baker Mayfield's not very good either. Tampa doesn't have a ton of players. But Baker Mayfield has four touchdowns. Which and how many interceptions? One. Okay. Yeah, I, one. I watched that one on Monday night. It was ugly. Well, I thought it was uh, last week uh, I got like 
a little flack online because I think you or I said that like Jordan Love was dog shit. Yeah. And he was like leading the NFL in <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> He had like six touchdowns, yeah. one interception. But I think this Lions game tonight may just prove us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that and. The- Jameis and Derek Carr had like the exact same amount of yards last game. They both had like 104 yards. That's the thing is the last two years has been like this quarterback just uh, this black hole. It's just been a total dearth of quarterback play, whether it be Trevor Simeon or Ian Book or Taysom, or Jameis. I mean, there's so many guys have run through here now, right, that have all been bad. And that's kind of been what everyone says. Uh, they're kind of journeyman quarterbacks. They're trying to run out there and figure out what's going on. This was supposed to be completely different because they invested $100 million in Derek Carr with the expectation that he would fix most of what was wrong with the offense. Not all of it. Nobody expected him to go back to being Drew Brees and being the number one offense in the NFL. But certainly, quarterback play, when you have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Juwan Johnson, uh, you have playmakers who can do stuff. Why is it that fixing the quarterback, supposedly fixing the quarterback, hasn't helped at all? It's either coaching or it's the offensive line. It's probably both. But it, it screams to me that they invested the money in a in a totally wrong way and that they're going about this in the complete wrong direction and once again that still connect them a division championship and i still would think that they're doing it the wrong way what do you think is the right way getting protection first yeah well getting the right protection mm-hmm. number one and then developing a quarterback not trying to do this crap with where you pay Derek Carr a hundred million dollars when your offensive line is completely broken your offense is completely broken your coordinator sucks your coach sucks it is not like this isn't a plug-and-play situation like when Peyton Manning went to the Broncos they were awesome and they needed a quarterback to step in like that happens around the league where it's like everything else in the team is really good we just need a quarterback and that, you know, you see that from time to time. Quarterbacks will move in. Tom Brady was the ultimate, right? Like, mm-hmm. Tampa didn't never even went to the playoffs with Jameis. And then Tom Brady steps in and they immediately win the Super Bowl. Because right. they were a quarterback away. This team was never a quarterback away. It was much further than that. So then to go out and spend $100 million on a quarterback, for what? What was the goal? The goal I get, I don't, I was to get to the middle of the pack, and, and that ultimately is the best-case scenario at this point. Well, They're never going to be better than that. I think about like this team. the guys that went with Tom Brady, because you know, Tom Brady went there first, and then they you know, got three Pro Bowlers to yeah, come after him. Yeah. We got Derek Carr, and we got three Raiders. <laughs> yeah, got Foster Morrow him. came with him, yeah. yeah. That was huge. How about that Jimmy Graham touchdown? Yeah, that was vintage. That's when it was like, we're going to win this game, and everything's <laughs> great. What a day. I'm, I'm, I'm immediately 12 years younger. You know what cursed everything is uh, Jimmy Graham did the Lambo leap. Uh-huh, that was it. That was it. Instead of the spike. Was he on the Packers for a minute? Yes. I, I thought he was. Yeah, he was. He so was. maybe he gets a pass in doing it. He, was also he remembers the all those season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah. he's like, hey, Steve. <laughs> Man, I... I Obviously, I'm doom and gloom. I and I said it before the season, right? I was like, the second they lose, I am going to be just 
on <laughs> full tilt because I am so uh, cynical about the overall direction and yeah. what they're trying to accomplish this year. And so clearly that level of overreaction is in permeates my thoughts. But an offensive line that looks broken is really hard to fix. And especially when all of them are on pretty big contracts, it is uh, very draining to watch. Derek Carr gets sacked every other play. Yeah. And if he doesn't get sacked, he's getting thrown to the ground otherwise. Part of it's on him. He holds the ball entirely too long. I don't think Drew Brees would be holding the ball as long as Derek Carr is. But a lot of it is on an offensive line that cannot open holes in the run and is allowing guys to just beat their ass mm-hmm. repeatedly. And uh, and that just is a it's a hard way to watch football. It's like watching a low tier like SEC team when they have to go against Georgia and Alabama and you know all the Florida and all this. And you're like, oh well, the Mississippi State offensive line can't compete against this. No. <laughs> like you're just gonna get your quarterback <laughs> killed. And sure enough, they got their quarterback killed. It's never good when the podcast is comparing the Saints to Vanderbilt football. <laughs> And that's what it feels like, though, right? It's like they're just outmanned up front. Yeah. And everything else you try to do is really difficult. Now, Alvin Kamara will give them some more options there. But uh, there, there is just an overwhelming sense that that part of football is a little unfixable a month into a season. It sure is. Oh, boy. All right. On that very uplifting note, we've got some more to talk to you about. We'll get back with Pelicans injury news. Hey, hey, hey. And then, of course, some local stuff to wrap up this week's Poke and Kush. Stick with us. Poke and Kush is brought to you by Crescent Canna. They're back, baby. Our favorite New Orleans cannabis company. If you've been a fan of the show for a while, you know that we love Crescent Canna products, especially their highly satisfying Crescent 9 THC seltzer. So we could not be more excited that they just released a new high-potency THC beverage, Strawberry Lemonade THC Seltzer with 50 milligrams of THC per can. Oh, man. Woo, you heard that right. This seltzer has 50 milligrams of THC in each can, divided into 12 servings with 4 milligrams per ounce. Strap up, Betty Lou. (laughs) (laughs) It provides a deeply euphoric and relaxing feeling with the effects hitting in about 15 minutes, along with a classic strawberry lemonade flavor. You can, by the time you finish it, it's whatever flavor you feel like. (laughs) Whatever you're thinking of, that's the flavor that you'll be tasting. Because if you're new to cannabis or have a low tolerance, you might want to try one or two ounces at a time. Wait about 30 minutes before consuming more. Experienced cannabis users, you know. Uh, may enjoy more, but remember, this is high potency, so please enjoy it responsibly. I know you've had the opportunity to test it out. Uh, what were your thoughts on traveling to the moon? Dude, they um, they shipped us a crate, and you would have thought I was signing for plutonium. <laughs> the guy giving it to me was in a hazmat suit. He had like the little beaker handle thing. I cracked one open last night. I didn't read the ad before ah. I cracked one open. So seeing that one can is 12 servings, <laughs> I need like one of those plastic lids you put on dog food <laughs> to like keep it fresh. I, t- I had the thimble from Monopoly, and I put a little strawberry lemonade in there, 
and I immediately became Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> I was zapped into a machine of pure bliss. It tastes really good. It's got like lemongrass and pureed strawberries, natural fruit. I'm counting it as a vitamin. Sure. Uh, I had I had probably two servings. Mm. I would say uh, two servings, and it was. Uh, the complete opposite from the beginning of my day. Yes. I was on cloud nine. Everything was amazing. Nothing hurt. It was all beautiful. The bunnies and, and the birds were dancing around in your head. I, and I felt man. like it was a different effect from the regular canines, which are six milligrams each. Because yeah. even just like the one sip, I was like, oh, man, I immediately feel much better. Yes, uh, better is the uh, key word there. Uh, made with hemp-derived cannabinoids and less than zero 0.3% Delta 9 THC by weight, Crescent 9 THC seltzer, and new high-potency THC seltzer are federally legal and officially registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. Order online from CrescentCanna.com. That's CrescentCanna.com and get good vibes delivered directly to your door. You must be 21 or older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or are taking medication. Yeah, so all the upbeat stuff about the Saints. Uh, we got to be at even more upbeat that the Pelicans are starting training camp this week. Yay, height of optimism. Everything's yeah. going to be awesome, right? Yeah. And then the preseason starts very soon after that. Woo! Preseason games. Everyone's happy. It's everyone's, great. You yeah. can see NBA basketball in Bastrop, Louisiana. <laughs> uh, it turns out the Pelicans... Stop me if you've heard this before, are already dealing with injuries. Son of a bee. <laughs> so. But certainly it's only one, <laughs> maybe two. And, and certainly uh, it's not guys you really need. Uh, so it's, this isn't like the end of the bench or anything like that. Uh, the Pelicans announced today that Larry Nance uh, is going to be out for a period of time, as uh -huh. well as previously they'd announced Jose Alvarado. Uh -huh. And, of course, Trey Murphy is going to be out for a variety of weeks and probably – uh, well into the regular <laughs> season. Uh, this is... I don't even know what to... Like, they're just... Uh is the word snake bit like is that real like what is going on that this team gets hurt so much more for so many years than every other team in the nba trey murphy is going to be out for 10 weeks yeah starting what two weeks ago yeah um larry nance jr is out for two to three weeks jose alvarado also out two to three weeks um the season starts october 25th i believe in new orleans against memphis that is a month from today. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're going to see any of these guys? I mean, obviously, we're not going to see Trey Murphy. No. Two to three weeks in Pelicans time <laughs> is like when I'm at work and I say, yeah, I'll, I can get that to you. EOD. <laughs> that just it's going to it's going to be a week or two. The Pelicans run on the lunar calendar. Yeah, that's a different you know, the two to three weeks isn't the same as yours or mine. They're operating on, you know, the 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 the, the way the sun spins. Yeah, they're know. on a Mayan calendar. We're normally on a Gregorian <laughs> one. Of course, it's like if you're, you know, in, in on Jupiter, you know, how the, there's a different, you know, track yeah. a year in Jupiter Time is changes. significantly longer. You know? I've seen Arrival. <laughs> Or gravity, whatever. <laughs> sure. Uh, it is... Uh, Interstellar. This team has earned zero, mm -hmm. zero credibility for 
saying an injury is going to be X number of days and it being that number of days. And I don't blame the PR staff for that. I don't blame I, – I, I don't even know if I blame Griff for that. But to take it at face value, you got to be a complete idiot Yeah. at this stage. There's so many times they have completely fucked these timelines and that they mean nothing. The, the, the words on the page are meaningless, beyond meaningless. They're hurt. They'll be back when they're healthy. Keep it at that. That's it. Hopefully, when they say it's minor, it's minor. Uh, I don't believe any of the timelines until the guys are getting... Re- or For Zion, the caveat is until I see him in <laughs> uniform with a basketball in his hand as the clock starts, that's when I'll believe it. With these guys, if I see them in uniform before the game, that's when I'll believe it. And maybe they'll be fine. And they gave a pretty you know, detailed explanation of all of it. I think they're doing what they can. They, they just, I, I truly have nothing left in, as far as credibility to believe any of the timelines that are out there. Yeah. You've so been, you've been hurt too much. Well, there's just a point. The boy who cried wolf, right? The, bo- the, the Pelicans are the boy who cried six weeks. How, how many times can you tell me something is six weeks away? It's like when you're in the, in the airplane and they keep telling you you're getting delayed by 30 minutes. It's just enough time <laughs> for you to feel like, ah, well, you know, that'll, it's, it's just enough to know that it's an inconvenience, but not enough to really do anything about it. I think that's a famous 30 Rock line as well. Um, and that's the Pelicans. They just kind of, you know, three weeks. Sh- sure. What's three weeks? And then three weeks comes up and like, ah, it's actually going to be another another couple of weeks. Oh, he's day to day now. Brandon Ingram, I think, was supposed to be after like 10 days last year. And then it turned into like 28 games. So none of this matters. No. It is worthless. I feel like Rust Cole from True Detective is the coach (laughs) of the Pelicans. And time is a flat circle. Whoever was injured... 10 years ago is going to be injured again. Uh huh. And it's going to be injured again and injured again <laughs> over and over forever on that basketball court until the end of time. That player is going to be injured. It's, it never, ever stops. So. We'll see. I mean, missing. I personally think missing training camp. Alvin Gentry used to always blame how many guys that have missing training camp as like a part of the reason they suck to start every season. <laughs> training camp in the NBA is completely worthless. It is. It means absolutely zero. Uh, it's like four days of long practices, and then they play for six months after that. Like it. it I don't care at all about missing training camp even the preseason games seem pretty worthless when you've played together for a long period of time like alvarado murphy and nance all have you know for almost two years together um which is a a long time in the nba uh i just it's just hard to see the names pop up on the injury list before they've had a practice we're not even talking about games we're talking about a practice how are you already getting hurt? That seems bad. What were you doing? Just walking around the park? You got hurt? What was going on? I'm just, are these injuries from last year? I'm just seeing how long you'll keep going if I don't say anything. 
this has really been an airing of grievances for me. Yeah, it's Scott Kushner rips on Disney World, the Saints, and the Pelicans. Yeah, you're like a reverse Allen Iverson about practice. You're like, I can't even see you in practice. But also, practice doesn't count. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, uh, you know, you're starting the car up and the garage door isn't even up yet. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, man, I'm sure they are injured. Yeah. I don't, until it gets here. This is this is the salt water wedge of basketball. <laughs> Until it gets here, I don't give a shit. <laughs> On that note, that'll bring us to the local breakdown. It's the It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put past in the swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> well, the salt water is coming for all of us. Yes. Uh, it's making its way upstream slowly. I guess it's just like a big rock salt in the water. <laughs> that's what I picture. Sure. Like the, the Titanic iceberg, but it's salt, and it's coming <laughs> towards us. I just picture it like a fog. Yeah, you know, like when you're driving into fog and mm-hmm. you can see it, and you're like, "Oh God, we're about to get foggy," and this is just this a yeah, so billowing f- fog coming for us and being like, "Oh, are my kids going to be able to bathe in, in two weeks?" They will. <laughs> it's going to be like a free, uh, like body scrub. <laughs> They're going to not have any skin left by the end of it, but no. sure. I'm starting to realize like more and more what's going to be affected by it. I was like, oh, I guess I can't water my plants. Nope. I guess um, every time I come out of the shower, my eyes are going to be red like I just had a strawberry lemonade. (laughs) 50 milligram crescent canna drink. Yeah. It's going to it's going to mess up my dishwasher, my washing machine. Mm -hmm. And then like I'm on Amazon like everyone else. Yeah. I'm like, how do I fix this with something from Amazon? So I'm going to buy like this shower head that has fucking seashells in it. (laughs) That acts like it's some sort of osmosis filtration, which it isn't. I don't know what I'm going to do. My plan currently is just to uh, start drinking alcohol again. (laughs) Hasn't failed yet. That plan always works. Seems pretty good. Of just avoiding problems. Well, see, this is where everybody stopped drinking Bud Light. What are they doing with all those cans of Bud Light? Mm -hmm. There's got to be a way to undistill them back to just regular water. If, like, the Boston Tea Party, we took all the Bud Light, you know, because everybody's gay who drinks Bud Light. Uh, So if we take those Bud Lights that all the anti-Americans drink and we pour them into the mouth of the Mississippi, will that dilute the water enough so that it's not salty to corrode the pipes? Maybe. Nobody's Um, mentioned that part yet. Well, luckily... Anheuser-Busch could get Louisiana back that way. They could, possibly. I mean, they still did the thing where they had a trans person they were nice to for 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) But now they have commercials where, like, everybody's wearing a cowboy hat, and it's like, sorry, (laughs) y'all. We shouldn't have said that guy was a gal. We didn't mean to offend your little feelings. That would have been the way that I would have gone if I was at Bud Light. Yeah. I would have just been like, oh, did we make you feel sad? 
well, fuck you, Mortimer. <laughs> we're going to be just fine drinking our Bud Light. Like, we're, you know, like. I mean, I hope it was a lesson to corporate America that you can't have it both ways. Oh. Like, you got to pick one or the other. That's that's America, baby. Yeah, and that's why I only drink Bigfoot IPA. <laughs> that's why both candidates for president suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is, uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. And, but they're building a pipeline. That's the, that's the thing that's going to bring us the together. Kenner, the Kenner water, I guess, is going to save us all. So all you New Orleans hypocrites that say Kenner sucks and everybody that lives out there is boring and old and bald and their podcast sucks, well, <laughs> fuck you. Because <laughs> Kenner's going to save the day. Yeah, they called it the Kenner bump, I think. So yeah. A friend of the show, Sims Walmsley, said it sounds like a 90s New Orleans <laughs> rap song. Uh, the, the, the Kenner bump definitely could have gone along with the bunny hop and all those things. They're building a pipeline that's going to be $150 million, and they said it might not even be permanent. It's like, what are you guys making it out of? Yeah, it's PVC pipe and, <laughs> you know, pipe cleaners uh, and silly putty. Uh, yeah, does anyone think that this is, like, that they're ready to make this work? I don't know. Really? Like, the same people that built the levees, the same people, like, I, 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 there's just no chance that's gonna actually do it. They keep saying, like, 250 million parts per whatever, and then they're like, well, if we get it below that, it's like, yeah, but it's still very salty, right? Right? I don't know what the line is. To me, it all feels like uh, Armageddon, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, okay, so we have to explode an asteroid from the inside out. So we're going to call up Billy Bob Thornton and the gang and Ben Affleck, and we're going to have a bunch of oil drillers go to space because it's easier to teach them. It's easier to teach oil drillers to go to space than it is to teach astronauts how to drill oil. Yeah. Seems unreasonable to me, but that was the premise of the movie. This is, we're trying, instead of shipping the water down, we're going to try to build a basically the same system where we're going to try to take it from the inside out. And it feels incredibly unlikely, just as that movie seemed incredibly implausible mm-hmm. that the government would be able to come up with a solution like this in a matter of weeks. I think the solution that makes the most sense uh, for Louisiana is we will just get all the doctors and be like, hey, uh, lay off that's, the sodium is bad shit. Just say it's good now. And then they're going to go, oh, it's fine. You're fine. Drink it. <laughs> the only people that I you know, trust less of the government in this whole situation is the ones who actually live here. The people who live here are so stupid running out and buying all the water they possibly can. Like, we're going to be the old, like, we're going to run out of bottled water. It's like, yeah, it's not a hurricane, guys. Nothing's coming through that's going to, like, stop shipments from coming in. If we're the only place affected by it, if we need more water, they're going to send more water. And guess what? If you don't have more water... You can just go drive an hour and a half away and go get some fucking water where everybody else has it. This isn't, you know, Flint, Michigan never ran out of bottled water. That was never the problem. The problem was the pipes didn't work. That is a real concern. Mm -hmm. The fact that you don't have to hoard water. 
that is ludicrous that that's everybody's mentality of post-COVID. You know, remember we almost ran out of toilet paper as a nation exclusively because we thought we might run out of toilet paper? Yeah. This is where we're at as humans. Yeah, I went in the store uh, this afternoon, and they had water stacked to the ceiling, and they had toilet paper near it. I feel like they're just trying to test people and see. <laughs> Have they started raising the prices on the water yet? Uh, I couldn't tell. I think it was like five bucks for Ozarka or, or okay. the Crystal Springs. Yeah, well, that's normal. Then. I, that seems about right. Dude, this is uh, it's. Are you going to start selling water on Facebook Marketplace? <laughs> But uh, I really well, even the water we have currently, there's currently a boil water advisory for Uptown right now because mm-hmm. of a major line break that flooded the city. That's right. Um, which I'm not a man of the world, but I don't think that uh, every city in America floods uh, so often as New Orleans does. That that's probably true. Um, I guess there was a line break in Uptown. Yeah, it was like Upper Line and Claiborne. I want to say. Yeah, and uh, it was not good. No. Um, <laughs> so boil your salty water. Boil your salty poo-filled water. I'm certain that just gushing water into the street will only make the situation better, right? I don't even know what they're like. I guess they're going to bring in fresh water and put it in the salt water and just hope it mixes. But the salt's still going to be there. Why are we here? What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> why? Why do we live here? What? Like seriously? How many? Do the frogs have to start falling out the sky before all of us just go like, what are we doing? How many with pestilence and uh, I mean, do they have to come after your firstborn. Like what, what? They've already come after a lot of people's firstborn. Yeah. What? What are we doing here? Well, you can drink on the street. Yeah, they're, the muffalata is spectacular. <laughs> I've been to thirty-seven muffaladas, <laughs> and they're keeping me here right now. I'm pretty sure that you won't be able to drink the water. Your sodium intake <laughs> from this muffaletta journey. You're still doing the. You're still. Muffing, oh yeah, muffing went to one up. today. Went to Chalmette today. How many would you say you have left? So fifty. How many weeks are left in the year? Fourteen, something like that. Okay. Yeah, we well, do one. We're doing one a week for the whole year. The salt water is going to be here uh, for Halloween. Yes. So you're really going to be putting the strain on your heart these last two months. Because you're going to be drinking the salty water. Uh-huh. You're going to be washing your dishes in salt. There's uh-huh. going to be salt residue on everything. Sick. It's going to be the opposite of Dune. <laughs> I've never seen Dune. I think it was something about salt. <laughs> I didn't watch Waterworld. Wasn't that part of Waterworld? <laughs> the problem was they were living in salt water. I bought one of those, like, I'm a, like a Unabomber kit where it comes with, like, the desalinization thing. Yeah. Those are, like, $5 million on Amazon. Because this is, this is a problem that no one will care about until it gets to New Orleans. It's been happening for, like, a month now. Oh, yeah. More than that. Yeah, like, like Point Lahatch and stuff, and nobody cares. Oh, yeah. yeah. But once it gets to New Orleans, yeah. I think Sleepy Joe has already sent the uh, infantry in. Yeah. He's going to send a cu- he's gonna send a couple of Brittas over and be like, you guys are fine. <laughs> if you want fresh water, uh, maybe you should go to the Ukraine. Should we just start buying real estate in Kenner? Is that where the line, the line is going to stop in Kenner because the Kenner bump? I think so. That's where we're all going to move. Guys, we're all going to North Kenner. It's going to be 
a real shift in the real estate of this city. If my car doesn't die again tomorrow, I'm going to start putting spikes on it like Mad Max. <laughs> I right. just keep waiting. It's like, what is it going to take? And the answer is nothing. Every I, I will continue to just be told how resilient I am. And we'll continue to be here for you, Polk that, and Kush listeners. That's right. Thank you, everyone. We love each and every one of you. Follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. Email Polk and Kush at gmail.com. We'll be back to you next week with all sorts of fun, exciting takes. Till then, see ya!